this is Brian Waddle as we keenly anticipate the start of the second test up north between the Black Caps and the English side. Brian, welcome to the programme. But before we look at what the selections may or may not be or the conundrums that face Gary Steadman's ilk tomorrow, just a quick reflection on what you made of that that first test, including what has to be described, well, I will anyway, as, as a disappointing last day where the English really didn't want to play the game, did they, Brian? No, they didn't, and I guess it's a case of them uh, playing the game to develop their players basically for, I suppose, the Indian series, which they've got five tests coming up, and then, of course, the Ashes later in the year. They deny that, but uh, that's what they've done. It wasn't their strongest side. They've uh, had injured players. They had players who have been uh, left out or rotated or rested or whatever they do with uh, the players these days. And it's no longer called a bubble. It's got another name, but I can't remember what that is. But they've been they've got players in there as well. And and they they weren't interested in chasing what really was a gettable target if you backed yourself. But you know they've got a vulnerable top order, and it'll be interesting to see whether New Zealand. Can we expose that again coming up in this test match at Edgebaston? You'd think in a test series with, let's face it, it's not of any less import. It was played at Lords with no World Test Championship points on it. They would throw the dice and see what this young new guys are actually capable of in, in a situation like this. And as you said, in, in a, a gettable total that was set for them, it wasn't impossible. Yeah, I, I can't really um, understand why they took the route that they did. Um, Joe Root is, a, is an outstanding player. They've got Ollie Pope who can score. They've got the players there, uh, but I, I sense that there is still some concerns about their top order. And, uh, you know, they they were exposed by some very good bowling, particularly by Tim Southey in the first innings. I mean, his performance was outstanding with the ball. Just shows what experience can bring to a game. And, uh, you know, they'll go to Edgebaston now with the hope that, uh, you know, they're going to get uh, greater opportunity. They're probably going to have a better uh, mix in their bowlers. They're bringing in another spin bowler. Not that I think they need one. They, they've already got uh, a pretty good one in Jack Leach and why Don Best is being brought in uh, is a surprise to me. And they've got a, they've got a strong enough squad. <laughs> and the one bloke I suppose that they probably would have won was their best bowler, Ollie Robinson. But of course, they've decided that he's being discarded now so that they can undergo the um, the kind of uh, situation it, it takes to investigate, you know, historical charges against this man. I suppose, anyway, having different spinners to select from a New Zealand point of view is not a bad thing because we'll, we'll be feeling some of the wrath of the England spin attack, of the sorry, Indian spin attack come that World Test Championship final. So maybe not a bad thing for New Zealand. No, I suppose it gives them an opportunity. And we don't know yet what the pitch is going to be like. I have heard reports uh, and, and just a quick chat I had with um, you know my colleagues in, in the United Kingdom that it is already drying out early on or it's expected to dry out in the conditions that they have now as opposed from what was there, say, a week, 10 days ago when they had uh, wet conditions. Uh, and it won't hurt New Zealand. They'll love to see spinners. Yes, those spinners are not really Ravi Ashwin and uh, Jadeja, but uh, you know any spin bowlers, good practice for them at the moment, bearing in mind we don't know what sort of batting lineup in New Zealand is going to take into this uh, test match with the 
doubts surrounding Kane Williamson. Well, there's a number of doubts. I mean, you looked at them at the top of the program. I suppose we'll start off with the, the on the spinner tip with uh, Mitchell Santner uh, with the finger injury that he's got. They'll bring in, you'd presume they'd bring in Patel. Would they go as far as maybe... Well, the young Wellingtonian, Ratchin Ravindra, or is that too much? Because he's only a part-timer, isn't he? Yeah, although uh, he's highly regarded by those people who watch and have watched him play in terms of his spin, but uh, he's got a lot to try and develop his spin bowling talents. But, you know, they'll, that will depend on how they see their batting resources because uh, they're going to have to make a change, possibly at the top of the order, They've already uh, signalled that Trent Bolt is going to come back in and Santner won't be there. And, of course, that, uh, to a certain extent, takes out one batting option. And do you replace him with arguably the best spinner in the New Zealand squad, Ajaz Patel, and uh, your batting suffers accordingly? Or do you go with uh, the uh, better talents with the bat of Rachin Ravindra and his ability to bowl as well? And it's hard to know what they're going to do at the moment, uh, whether or not they're playing games or whether they're, uh, you know, serious concerns about the injuries. I mean, I, I could see that Santner had an injured hand. You could see the finger was bleeding, but he still continued to bowl. Well, um, that to me sort of was was a bit odd. You've got blood coming out of your spinning finger, and yet you still continue to bowl. Why was that? I I sort of find that very difficult to understand. But whatever changes they make, of course, and Trent Bolt comes in, if they bring in another spinner in the form of AJ Patel, then one of the other seamers is going to have to have a rest. And I hope it's not Tim Southey, because I think Southey and Bolt is a partnership that New Zealand needs to keep developing uh, through this very shortened summer in the United Kingdom. And there's no fear of burning a guy like Tim Southey out. The guy is in fantastic form. We've seen what happens when he gets dropped. He doesn't like it very much and he comes back with a vengeance but that's a bit of a punt to take. Is it not in this last test at Edgbaston? We've seen it happen before I suppose in that Australian tour was one stage and I recall a test over in South Africa where it didn't go well when he dropped him but he came back hissing and spitting but they wouldn't do that around surely to this this key matchup ahead of the World Test Championship. Well if they are going to do that then Hopefully that's explained to him, and he's a senior member of the squad now. He's the he's the leader of the bowling pack, so you know um, don't don't drop him just make by making a surprise of it. You know that there has to be a plan for it. It's not as if he's been bowling sixty overs a week in games now. I mean he bowled over forty, I suppose, in total in in the last game, but he's had time to rest and recover and uh, get ready once more. So it's, it's, it's not as though the burnout factor is there. Yes, he's uh, getting a little bit older than most of the, uh, the the pace bowlers that are going around, but Jimmy Anderson's 38, Stuart Broad's uh, heading towards his mid-30s, and Tim Southey seems to be getting better the longer he plays because he's, he's a smart bowler now and he's got the ability to set batsmen up. I, I just think that, uh, you know, to, to rest him, would be a plan in terms of just having a look to get other players um, to, to, to develop themselves for the test match. But the end result is Saudi is going to play at Southampton one way or the other. So, uh, you know, who else is going to come in and take the opportunities? Is it David, is it um, Jacob Duffy? Is it uh, Doug Bracewell? Is it, I doubt that any of those players would be uh, considered. Uh, they're there basically to uh, be net bowlers. 
So as far as a lineup's concerned, in your mind, and you've got a very broad cricket mind, you've been covering it for decades, who do you think they're likely to run with if you want to do a bit of mind reading? And conversely, who would you like to see them run with? Or is it the same 11, Brian? Yeah, oh, well, I'd like to see the top uh, six for start off, the, the batsmen. Uh, if Williamson is okay, I don't know how severe the injury is. It's an elbow injury he's been carrying for quite some time. But I think that six needs to be there just to spend time at the crease. Uh, seven, will it be the ground hump? He needs more play. He hasn't played cricket for the last uh, you know, six months to any great degree. So if he's going to be playing against the Indians, then he has to be there. And it's what happens from then on in 8, 9, 10, 11. Uh, Wagner, Bolt, Jameson will be there. And one more. Is that Saudi? Is it uh, the Spinner Patel? Or is it Rachin Ravindra to strengthen the, the batting lineup? Uh, that's the area I think that they're going to make the judgment. But I guess it all depends on, uh, on Kane Williamson. And, and how comfortable are you when, when it comes to the spinners? If you did have the whip hand on it, what would you do? The New Zealand spinners? Yeah. Well, I haven't been overly comfortable with our spin options for quite some time. <laughs> I, think the, I think the best one available to them is Ajaz Patel. Um, now, if he's been getting plenty of bowling in the nets, then that will be fine. His drawback is... He's not particularly quick in the field. He'd need to sharpen up or have sharpened up in the field. And his batting is not uh, of the required strength. I mean, he's, he's your number 10 or 11. So, uh, you know, that's, that's the issue that they face. They've got to decide whether they want him for his spin bowling talents. And, and I think against England at Edgbaston, there's a good chance to have a look at him. Then they know what they've got when it comes to the test match against India. Again, the New Zealand spinners are not Ashwin and they're not Jadeja. Uh, but, uh, you know, depending on conditions at Southampton for that game, uh, they may not have uh, quite the impact. Um, we're not too sure what uh, a GS bowl is, is going to turn up for the uh, the final. Well, plainly you don't pick Patel for his fielding, you don't pick him for his bat, but we've seen him clean teams up. We've seen him win games with the ball spinning and arguably that's what we want from our spinner, isn't it? The ability... To take wickets, that's that's all we ask from him. Yeah, well, he's done it in the subcontinent, of course, and he did it with Will Sobel last time they were in the UAE. Uh, it's just a matter of what conditions are like, and, and they have to have a look at those conditions for the test match. And sadly, we're not in the position here to have a close-up look. We have to rely on uh, the experts who get out there and uh, peruse the pitch from uh, one end to the other. And uh, the judgments that well, particularly Gary Stead and Kane Williamson will make in terms of their final selection. Do you think they've got this, Brian? Have they got the players, have they got the will, the desire, the attitude to pick up this game and run with it? You suggest in that first up test, they do, and they see it as a standalone match, not as a, a warm-up match for the World Test Championship. Well, they're the best players we've got, and they have proven that over a period of time. That's why they're where they are, and we know that they are a good uh, group. The the only problem that they have, and India will face it as well, is that they've had a long time off Test cricket. You know, India have had a series with England there for a while, but since that time, they have been off the park. Um, but they will be up and ready to uh, perform, as players have to be these days. Uh, they don't get that much extra time to prepare. You don't have a you know, four-day first-class game to prepare yourself, uh, as used to be the case. New Zealand are ready. They've done the work, and uh, it's a matter of how they deliver 
when they finally get to Southampton because the match in Southampton is the reason they're over there. These are just basically warm-up matches, although they've denied that as the same way that England has. I'll leave you to this, Brian. Found a really interesting tweet today based on the amount of cricketers have played test matches in the last five years for each test-playing nation. At the top of that is England. They've gone through 45 players in five years. The Indians have gone through 36. And right at the bottom of the pile, the most settled test side in the last five years is New Zealand, who've only used 30 players. Says a lot for consistency of selection and lack of injuries, doesn't it? Yeah, and that's why they're where they are. The consistency of uh, and continuity of that selection has been an important part. That The selectors have shown the faith in the players and the players have delivered. And that's, as I say, why they're there. So, uh, you know, we've got to believe that they're capable. And to me, uh, I'm looking from the outside, I still see it as a 50-50 call when it comes to a GS Bowl. Well, let's have a look at it. Tomorrow from 10 o'clock, things get going on Spark Sport. Brian Waddle, I'm sure, will be pestering you again for more updates and your professional outlook on this test and, of course, the World Test Championship. Thanks very much for making yourself available here on ZB. If I can stay awake, mate. <laughs> like all of us. 26 minutes after 7. Drag the bedroom into the living room, including the nightstand, and, you know, you kind of stir from time to time through the second and third session, catch a few balls and go back to sleep again.